It's Tuesday, May 23, 2023. These states essentially agreed to take less water from the Colorado River. Western states reach landmark agreement to stave off multi-decade drought crisis. World's lakes are shrinking due to human overuse and climate change. Plus, last year's election in November changed everything. Minnesota legislature poised to enact landmark environment and climate legislation. All of those landmarks and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. It is the number one challenge in the world. A civilizational challenge unprecedented in scale and scope. And it is really striking that as we begin the official 2024 campaign, this issue, the most important one, the central civilizational challenge of our time, is utterly and completely absent and ignored from all Republican political campaign discourse. Mission accomplished. This is your Green News Report. Republicans don't care. Truly do not care if we melt the earth. Okay, Desi Doyen, big news. We've been talking about this now for a few months. The water wars, if you will, out west. Now, maybe a truce? Maybe. The Colorado River Basin states have agreed to cuts in water use to prevent the river from running dry amid an historic mega drought, the Bureau of Reclamation announced on Monday. California, Arizona, and Nevada have agreed to cut back on river water use by 13% over the next three years. That will be split up among farmers, tribes, and cities in exchange for more than a billion dollars in compensation from the federal government, funded by the Inflation Reduction Act. So if you give me money, then I won't drink water? No, if you give me money, then I won't plant these really expensive, thirsty crops. Because remember, agriculture is the primary user of the Colorado River. Good point. The cuts are necessary to preserve the operation of rapidly declining western reservoirs Lake Mead and Lake Powell. If finalized after a federal environmental review, this short-term deal would bridge the gap until the really difficult negotiations of allocating what is left of the Colorado River, which are set to start in 2026. So this gets us through to 2026, at least. That's good. And all of this made possible, really, because we had a really wet winter out here for a change in California. It certainly helped a lot for this negotiation, but it's not going to last much longer. Okay, Little Miss Negative. In Colorado, despite the ongoing mega drought, a new analysis shows that fossil fuel companies in the state actually doubled their withdrawals of the state's freshwater resources Mm -hmm. for fracking over the last 10 years, and that even as oil and gas production declined in the state. Data obtained by nonprofit group Frack Tracker Alliance also found that Colorado's drillers generated enough wastewater to supply their own fracking operations without draining the state's precious freshwater resources. They just don't care. Globally, the world's lakes are shrinking. A new study found that nearly 2,000 of the world's largest lakes have shrunk by trillions of gallons of water per year since 1992. The researchers say the decline of lakes 
lakes is primarily attributable to human overuse and human-caused climate change, intensifying drought and shifting rainfall patterns. Even in regions seeing more extreme rainfall, the drier, hotter atmosphere generated by global warming is sucking up even more water through evaporation. Competition for declining lake water has major implications for agriculture, power plants, and drinking water around the world. So let the water wars continue, I guess. But some good news. The Environmental Protection Agency has moved to close a loophole that exempted hundreds of toxic coal ash waste dumps around the nation from clean water regulations. For the first time, utility companies would be forced to clean up toxic coal ash waste generated by burning coal for electricity. Studies have shown coal ash waste impoundments are leaching toxic heavy metals into groundwater supplies. The EPA also proposed new rules to crack down on polluted waste water from coal-burning power plants that is dumped into rivers. Finally, Minnesota lawmakers have agreed to enact historic environment and climate legislation that invests more than $2 billion to decarbonize the state and accelerate its clean energy transition. It also addresses environmental justice and includes the toughest regulations on PFAS forever chemicals in the country. The funding will go to solarize schools and public buildings, electrify homes, incentivize electric vehicles, build an EV charging network, and more. Here's Ellen Anderson, a former state legislator who now heads the Minnesota Center for Environmental Advocacy. It's the most transformational year we've had in climate and energy policy. It's a game-changing year that we're having at the state capitol in terms of our approach to climate and energy and what we're doing to move our our state forward dramatically. It's amazing what you can do when you get rid of gerrymandering and the people get to vote for who they want and they end up voting for Democrats and a whole bunch of stuff gets fixed. Imagine that. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Martha.